What up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Ohioverse presented by Deep Dive Sports. I am Nick, as always. Hopefully, I'm still Nick. And I am joined by Greg today. What's going on, guys? We're just going to go over mainly college football in this episode. We're going to kind of talk about Ohio State. And then we're going to talk about some Cincinnati University football, something I don't think we've talked about on this show before. And then maybe once. <laughs> a little bit. Like I think we did the, we talked about Finkel a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. But we'll kind of take a little bit of deep dive into their game that they have. And then we're going to kind of go over our expectations for the, we're going to start with Ohio State. So it's not really about the team in general or how they played because they just played Akron. So of course they were going to, the game was going to go how it was going to go. I don't think we saw anything different that we didn't think was going to happen, but I do want to kind of go over some of the frustrations that have been coming out of the locker room, especially with the vets. It seems like a lot of the Older guys that have been there, they're not really getting the playing time like I think that they they think that they deserve. So a player in particular, I might I don't want to pronounce his name wrong, but I think it's Kavon Pope. He after the before the first half ended, he seemed to kind of be going onto the field and then was waved off by I believe it was um Mitchell, one of the I think freshmen that started in that game or younger guys that started in that game. And he kind of just walked off to the sidelines had a you know yelling match with the coach and then tried to leave. They ended up bringing him back. He kind of got into another scuffle and then just ended up leaving all in general. And that was that. He didn't play the rest of the game. I even think he kind of came back out, out of uniform and stuff like that. So I kind of just wanted to get your you know opinion on, on the kind of how you felt about that or if you read up on that situation. Well, he has been released from Ohio State. If you were not aware of that, he is yeah. no longer a player. So um it's a weird little thing. He was only a four-star prospect. He's coming out of Virginia. He never really ever cracked the starting lineup. You know, yesterday's senior, and you mostly played on special teams and backup roles for, you know, what, three seasons with the Buckeyes, and you just didn't quite get up to, to snuff. And I, you're allowed to get frustrated, and you're allowed to be upset that you're not getting the necessary playing time that you want, especially against a team like Akron, where you would think that maybe I'll get that that time and on the field to be able to do that. But that's really not his decision. It's, it's the coach's decision. And then to go about what he did with not only his on-field antics, but his off-field antics with the tweets, uh, good luck to my teammates, but also F-U-C-C Ohio State uh, via Twitter. It just goes, wow. you know, it's just poor class. And, and I think that that's one of the reasons why um, obviously, that main reason why he is no longer a, a Ohio State football player. I'm not sure if he's been unenrolled at Ohio State. I'd have to look that up, but I do know that he was from the team and is no longer. Yeah, I wonder um, as we kind of get into the next couple weeks, kind of seeing if that was his choice to remove himself or maybe the coaching staff or I don't know. I mean, that's definitely a situation that was kind of like obviously we were going to kind of give our opinions on what we think, you know, might, might, be done or what should be done but you know it already happened that he's kind of been removed from team um, activities there so like I said maybe he did it himself maybe they did it maybe it's just kind of like a hiatus so he can kind of cool down but you know I was kind of reading up on some stuff today like I said earlier how some of those I, I 
I want to call them vets in the locker room, some of those juniors and seniors, maybe even fifth-year guys that have been putting in a lot of sweat equity over the years, thinking maybe they should get some more playing time and maybe get a little bit more favorable treatment. But a lot of these young guys, like, I think they started four true freshmen, which was the most in, like, almost 50 years, or I think since 1940, a little bit more than 50 years. But that's that's crazy. Those guys are working hard. They want to play. They're, they're talented. So you kind of got to elevate your level of play and and to kind of do what you were talking about and, you know, tweet out things like that about your team, about your teammates, you know, that's kind of, I get that frustrations, you know, boil high, but yeah, you can't have that. That's a, that was definitely a situation. I didn't even kind of didn't even notice it during the game, but afterwards reading all the stuff about it, I was like, that's, that's weird. And I think maybe it kind of flew under the radar because it was, you know, against Akron. And I think the game was on the, the Big Ten networks. I don't know if a lot of people got to watch it, but you were going to say something. Well, the um, the news media, the local news channel, picked it up right away. I mean, like right after the game, they it was on like the the video of him leaving the field and then being brought brought back up on the field by the co- one of the coaches, the coaching staff. Um, they played that on repeat. Like I think I watched it like fifteen times in a row. <laughs> literally, that little. 10 to 20 second snippet mm-hmm. was like repeat repeat and honestly i, I, I don't, i'm not 100 sure on this so i might be wrong but you know that conversation like that like i think ryan day was like you know what i don't want you on my team if you're gonna if that's what you're gonna say i don't want you on my team you don't really have a choice in this matter you know it could be up to the athletic director to make that final decision but i mean coach day i i think that i, I wouldn't want that somebody like that on my team even you could apologize to your blue in the face but you know if you're gonna you're going to say that and you're going to talk that way and you can't take that stuff back. And, and that just, I don't want that distraction on my team and on my field. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't know. I don't think we've really seen something like that in a while here at Ohio state. At least I know people get angry and, and they argue and they might like, you know, walk away a little bit, but come back. But I don't think we've seen someone in a while kind of just tweet out stuff like that or say things like that afterwards. And, but hopefully he gets, you know, some time to cool down and think about it. And hopefully, you know, he can grow from this and, you know, grow as a person and maybe get another shot either with the team or somewhere else. He can kind of redeem himself in that way and and kind of show his remorse for the situation because definitely was not a mature thing to do, even if you're a little bit frustrated. And, you know, we, we obviously don't know what's going on in the locker room. Maybe he was promised something that that he wasn't given. And, that is the case sometimes in college football guys are promised playing time and they don't really get it. So, but it, it also depends on, you know, where you're at talent wise and where everybody else is. So, but we'll kind of leave that there. Let us know how you guys feel about the situation, you know, comment, let us know because obviously there's tons of different perspectives and, you know, he had a different perspective. The Ohio state coaching staff had a different perspective. The players did. Um, Greg and I had a little bit different our perspective. So, let us know what you think. Um, we'll definitely read those and, and kind of go over that. But to move on, we are going to go talking about Cincinnati now. Obviously, they have a big top 10 matchup in Notre Dame. Notre Dame is nine. Cincinnati is seven. And just kind of want to get your opinion on how you think this game is going to go, Greg, and, and kind of break it down. Yeah, honestly, I think it's going to be probably one of the top three or four games of the entire college football season i think that this is going to really define in my opinion i think it's going to define cincinnati and bring cincinnati and 
Luke Fickle into a different kind of category and a different mindset of thinking with with college football fans that uh, I'm looking for Cincinnati to take this. They just on obviously things can happen on the field, but I think on paper, statistically, the Bearcats have it over Notre Dame. The Bearcats have only turned the ball over six times this season. Fighting Irish has turned it over 11. Cincinnati's averaging 43 points per game. Notre Dame's only averaging 35.3. Cincinnati's allowing only allowing 15 points a game, whereas Notre Dame's given up 23.3 per game. You got to look at yards. Scored 420 yards for Cincinnati, 366 for Notre Dame. Yards allowed 298 versus 364. So, I mean, that's a quite a big margin. And the only category that Notre Dame has above Cincinnati right now is takeaways, whereas they have 11 takeaways to Cincinnati. So I just think that that it's going to be a great coaching matchup, and I'm hoping that Cincinnati comes away with this. Yeah, I, I really agree too. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Luke Fickle. I know when he kind of took over at Ohio State, it really wasn't the best run there when he was kind of interim head coach. But going down to Cincinnati, he's done a phenomenal job kind of turning that program into, I think, what we kind of see at Dayton, Akron, you know, Kent State, Bowling Green, that kind of level. He's kind of done a really good job of bringing that up to be more of a competitive level, be a team that is number seven in the country right now, and be a team where we could say, hey, they're going up against a Notre Dame team, and they could win. They could they could have – I mean, I think it will be a close game. They have a really good shot at winning. And I, I do agree with you. I think that is going to be a top five matchup of this season. When we look back at this game, I think this is going to be a defining game for both teams. And I don't know. It's, it's going to be a fun game. If, that, if this is one game that you watch this week, it's going to be this one. Because <laughs> that's going to be – Is this Fickle's fourth year or third year there? Um, it's a good question. I think it's his fourth year there. Okay, I think it's his fourth year. And it, it just shows you that the, the, that turnaround that he's been able to do in four years where he started – he you know got in basically a, a – I don't want to say a subpar team, but you know below average team and then – Turn them into a top ten, you know, prospect team that that most people didn't expect. But yeah, no, I I agree. That's like I said. I mean, I I said it was kind of on that level. Maybe not Bowling Green, but definitely that like Akron, Dayton, Kent State, Toledo kind of level, like that that D one Ohio school. You know, maybe even Ohio University, same kind of level. Like, but he's brought that up to the point where, like I said, it, they're competing. And you know, I I think that if they put together this win and then they went out um, and they kind of win their, their conference, I, I think that they have a good shot of maybe making the playoffs. Obviously there's other things in front of them. Like, you know, if Alabama or Georgia wins out and then whoever loses that championship game, I think both of them get in. And then if Oklahoma and Oregon went out, then I don't know if they put Cincinnati above them. I think Cincinnati unfortunately takes that fifth spot just because they haven't really played the same level of talent, but um, if you do, you think if they win this game and they went out, do you think they deserve a spot in the playoffs, or do you think they'll kind of be snubbed? I think it, it's going to come down to quality of wins. If you go out, you, you win this game, and then the rest of the season you win out, but you rack up yards, rack up TDs, rack up you know 
a lot of different categories and, and you show like, wow, okay, this is a team that we actually want to see. And they put up quality wins that, yeah, maybe Oregon had this win against Ohio State, but the rest of their wins weren't necessarily, you know, close nail biters and stuff like that. But Cincinnati's just balling out, balling out. You could see that that I would, if I was on the voting committee, I would be one of those ones that, that says, well, the quality of wins that Cincinnati has been able to put up, regardless of impo- opponent, has been phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, if they can start blowing out teams. Because, I mean, the, their division is not, like, awful, but – I just don't – I don't know. I mean, like, SMU is still undefeated. Houston only has one loss. Memphis only has one loss. You know, UCF only has one loss. And, and UCF isn't a bad team either, but I don't know. It, let me ask you this, though, before we move on. Do you think that that they should continue playing in the American Athletic Conference, or do you think that, that they're ready to kind of move up to, you know, a Power Five? Because I think they're in that, like – because they have the power five, then they have the group of five. Like, I think right now they're in one of the group of fives. But do you think they're good enough to move into a power five conference? Or do you think that they still need to kind of build a little bit before they make that jump? They need to build. It, it would have this season, quality win season. You give another two or three years of, of build up to show that they're getting top tier, you know, blue chip recruits, five-star talent, and they're continuously – getting that level and then yeah say okay now we can consider something where we're going to put you in a different category because you, you're have shown over and over again that you're you're here to compete and you're going to be part of, of what you know college football and the people that pay attention to it want it to be okay if they were to move what what conference do you think they would move with all these conference ch- changing and all yeah. this this that and the other i mean being closer to the the southern border of Ohio, I think there's a couple different places they could go. I don't know if Big Ten would even want them just because of the Ohio State factor. So that's a big what if. I'm, I'm not really sure that I could answer that question as to where they would go. Yeah. I mean, the ACC probably wouldn't be awful. You know, they, I don't know. I, for me, I think Big Ten would probably make the most sense, like move into the Big Ten if you got to boot somebody out maybe boot like Rutgers out or, or just have them take it, just add two teams in have Cincinnati be one and then bring in another team from the Midwest. You know, I don't know, but yeah, I agree. They might, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they want to wait because the problem is, is like you, you could win and every single year you could be fifth or sixth, but you're always missing out on the playoffs. You're, you're not going to get those five-star recruits because they know that you're kind of handicapped in a way. Like you can win, you can blow teams out, you can play a couple ranked teams every year, end up being, like I said, fifth or sixth. But if you're never going to crack that top four, unless they open it up, you know what I mean? The playoffs up, you're never going to crack into it. You're not, those big recruits are going to go other places where they know they're going to get the opportunity. To, but I don't know. Definitely interesting. See, to me, this is a little different, kind of a factor with me. Like I look at college basketball as seeing something like any given year any team can win the NCAA tournament and get a national championship. And so you play for that. And I think that they're 97% of college football athletes in Alabama and Clemson and you know, Oklahoma even and stuff like that are these top tier teams. Then unless you get recruited to some of these teams, the likelihood of getting uh, 
a national championship out of your four years in college football is a lot, lot slimmer than a lot of other college sports. So what tends to happen is that I'd rather not even contemplate thinking about I'm trying to play every year for a national championship. I'm going to try to put my best performance out there year after year, get every game. And so I get noticed by scouts and NFL is what is what my, my end all goal is. Whereas college basketball, yes, the national championship is more in the forefront of a goal. Yes. You want to go to the NBA and yes, you want to win a national championship and the, the you know pro levels, but it's just, I think it's a different mindset when it comes to college football. It's just my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, I could see that too, because it, it, it is about development. And if you think a place is going to be able to develop you into an NFL prospect better than another place, because I mean, you got to think like Cincinnati is doing a great job at developing their players. I mean, they're getting mostly low end four star guys, high end three star guys at the moment. They're not getting like a ton of five star talent and they're doing an amazing job developing those guys and turning them into you know, the number seven team in the country right now. So, no, I agree. I was, I was just curious, you know what I mean, kind of trying to figure out if they deserve a spot in the playoffs. If, you know, you're looking at them at number seven right now, do they really deserve to be at number seven right now? But, you know, only time will tell. Like you said, I definitely agree with you. This is going to be a top five game outside of, you know, whoever plays in the national championship other than the Ohio State. <laughs> It'll it's be fun for Ohio State. It's top fun for Michigan. <laughs> Well, this year hopefully should be a little bit more competitive. Maybe. Hopefully. I don't want to jinx it. Knock on wood. <laughs> so, but we'll move on to our last topic here of this episode. We're going to kind of go over the Blue Jackets and just what our expectations are for this season and then how many, you know, wins we think that that they'll have. So I'll let Greg. I think the expectations aren't, aren't huge. You've got a lot of departures with Jones, Atkinson, Mm-hmm. Nash, um, you know, you added Vorchek and Bean, and with Brad Larson, it's you know we'll see what he can do. But I mean, obviously, the record last year was what eighteen twenty six and twelve, seventh in the Central Division, didn't make the playoffs. And I mean, what they did in the off season wasn't necessarily wrong or or bad, but they just. They just didn't put all the places pieces in place that I think is going to get them to this level right now. And I think that they know that. And I think they understand that that this is kind of a re- rebuilding aspect for, you know, what they did. They got laying on for another season with, I think, a one-year deal where Rarezinski, is that was how you say his name, Zach? Um, that six-year yeah. contract extension. Yeah. So they're going to keep him in Columbus for like six years. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's definitely re- rebuild mode. Um, I don't know when they're probably going to be sellers when it comes to the trade deadline. And uh, I think the biggest question for me then is who settles into what role throughout the season and, and understanding that role. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not super excited. Obviously it's, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I, I think that what we're looking at is a sub 500 team, kind of like what they were last year. But I think when we watch them play, we're going to be a little bit more excited about it. I don't think that they're going to be losing, you know, five, two, five, one, five, nothing like they were last year. Like some games, they, a lot of games, they just got obliterated. So 
I don't I don't think they're going to have those kinds of losses. I think what they did in the offseason is for sure they stashed, you know, draft picks. They grabbed a bunch of young talent. But I think what they also did is they freed up some of those vets. And I think what had happened to that team was that you had a coach that was super demanding and didn't care if you were in the league for 15 years or 30 days. He was going to get on you all the same because he wanted to get the most out of you. Is that wrong? Is that right? I don't know. They had success. You kind of look at coaches like Belichick in the NFL, you know, Greg Popovich in the NBA. They kind of do the same things. They had a lot of success. But I think the way that they constructed this team was just too many, too many average like veterans, not anybody that's going to move the needle for you, but guys that are just that are just like solid average like line players. And I don't think, like you said, that you use that word defining roles, figuring out your roles. I think I don't think anybody really understood what their role was because they were all the same, like, oh, I'm just a line filler. Like I'm a really good average line filler, but nobody like nobody was like taking that next step to be that like leader. And you mentioned line A and, and he was kind of just, he said that he's proved all he's got to approve. He's some 23 year old kid, 23, 24, I think. And he's like, I've proved all I can prove. How have you proved all that you can prove? You know, like I'm only 25 and I'm like, I still have so much to prove in life. Like, what do you, like, and I don't even play sports. I don't understand how you can sit there and say that, you, that you've that you done that. So that's not a good sign for me. I think you're right in the sense that they're going to be sellers. I think they're going to kind of get rid of some of these guys that aren't, aren't taking that next step to be that leader, some of these vets. But I do think adding a lot of that youth in, I think some of that like excitement to be like, oh, cool, I'm an NHL, an NHL player. I'm going to go out here and play as hard as I can every single night. And I'm going to punch you in the face whenever I want. I think that that's going to be something that's going to catch some teams off guard and they're going to have a lot of like hard fought gritty games. You know what I mean? I don't, like I said, I don't know if they're going to come out with a lot of the wins because they're, they're still young, but if they can bring some of that like youthful energy into the team and kind of push some of these vets that are there and taking more of like a leadership step forward, um, especially hopefully maybe pushing line a, in that like, oh, maybe I do have some more to prove <laughs> and kind of taking that next step, then hopefully maybe they even get around that 500 mark. And at the end of the season, we're feeling a little bit better than what we I mean, to me, like just it's all a matter of, of what faith you have in your players and how much stock you say that we're going to move forward with you. And like, you know, I just look at, at Line A and, and Dami, you know, both goaltenders are on one-year deals. You're not thinking that you're really going to be doing a lot, you know, to be like, well, you obviously have only have faith in me for this short amount of time. So what am I really doing? You know, like, are you going to move me and to what team? And yeah, I'd, I'd want to be on something that I know that you're, you know, obviously these guys aren't like Marc-Andre Fleury and, you know, just lights out amazing, you know, at the net. But I think when you are on a team, you want to know that there's something and that they believe in you and that they want you around for an extended period of time, even if you have a bad year or so. Yeah, I think their problem with Corpy and Elvis is like they just don't know who's going to take that next step at the goaltend and really kind of percent of the game kind of guy. Because right now they're just they're splitting it. It's pretty much like 60-40, 50-50 what it's been for the past like seasons now since they lost to Bob. But you're right. I, I think a lot of their guys on these one-year deals, they're on these like 
easy to move one-year deals, one-year rental kind of things where they can send them to a, you know, playoff contending team and get some draft picks out of it. But I, I don't know. I Like I said, I think it all just depends on how excited these young guys are to play and how much that translates to some of these veteran guys. If it does, I think they'll surprise a few teams, but I still don't think that they're going to get over that like 500 hump. I think they'll, but you know, as far as expectations, I don't think we should expect them to make the playoffs this year. If they make the playoffs this year, then I I don't know. I mean, that's like, that's something we can kind of talk about when we get there, but that. Even if they make the playoffs, there is really not really any thoughts in my mind that they're going to be hoisting the Stanley cup in June. I yeah, just, I, I just don't see it happen. And unless the trade deadline brings in some extremely good mm-hmm. talent. And like you're talking about draft picks, you know, they've got two first round draft picks in this upcoming, the 2022 yeah. NFL draft. They only have six picks in the final six rounds. So that's one pick around. Um, like you said, during the trade deadline, you can, you know, maybe pawn off a few guys to get some more draft picks and see if mm-hmm. that can work out in your favor. But even, you know, these draft picks that you still need to develop these guys. And so my opinion and my thought, and I'll leave it at that, is that Columbus is in the fun part of rebuild right now. You kind of have a blank slate and you can kind of mm-hmm. mix and match and, and and throw up on the board and see what sticks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll be interesting. I think that this season, if you're going to go watch a game, it's just going to be because you love watching hockey and you love watching the Blue Jackets. And maybe you're going to get to see some other guys that come in that you know, you're probably not going to get to watch for much longer because they might only have a couple more. But it'll it'll be, like I said, I think it'll, a lot of the games will be a little bit more hard fought and gritty than what we saw last season. Hopefully they are going to get blown out sometimes because they are young, but that'll be that. So we will kind of move on into our sports rundown section here the reds i don't really know what to say about them they're five and five over the last 10 seven games back i think they've kind of blown their shot there of making the wild card um seven games back in wild card i should say so i don't know i mean they'd have to win out and hope that that st louis just kind of pooped themselves so and i I just don't know (laughs) so they'll probably uh season looks like it's over i mean they'll probably still fight so if you're a reds fan keep watching games they're going to keep fighting until the end but I, I just don't really see a path for them at the moment the indians who will be the guardians next season they are just still holding that second spot in the AL central and they're four and six over the last 10 i think they're just kind of rotating in some of those young guys getting some different uh looks going and just getting ready for their uh then we move on to the crew a little bit of good news they did move up to ninth so they're moving up. They've won two of their last three games. The other one was a tie. And they did win their first International Cup the other day. They won the Champions Cup. So that was pretty cool. And I think they did it in their new stadium. So it was their first International Cup win in the stadium. I think first cup win in the stadium. Our first championship cup win in the stadium. So that was super interesting. Yeah, I actually got to meet uh, half the team that they played uh, coming oh, wow. through uh, at work and was just the, the excitement on their faces just to being able to be in Columbus was really a lot of fun and they mm-hmm. they had a really good time and they had nothing but positive things to say about the crew and about uh, their experience that's awesome yeah I mean in this 
these these kinds of things these bring you know notoriety to not just you know the Columbus crew around the world but but Columbus Ohio in general so I mean I think a lot of people just know us as you know they they, they know Ohio State they don't necessarily know that it's in Columbus Ohio or where it's at or what even is Columbus Ohio they just know Ohio State but you know the the crew are doing a phenomenal job by winning the MLS Cup and winning this cup now and just kind of bringing a better recognition to the city and and that is super cool. They're starting to hit their stride. Um, I don't want us to get our hopes up too much because they are pretty far back still. But there is enough games that if they can kind of round out the rest of the season, you know, more wins than losses or ties, they do have a pretty good shot of maybe squeaking into that last spot. But I'm just kind of hoping that they finish out strong. And then we kind of go into next and, and retool a little bit and kind of get back to the next game is against Philly. You guys can look that up if you want to go watch it. The stadium is beautiful. Have been there. If you haven't, I would go. We'll move into our double take segment now. So, Greg, what is one thing that you think will happen in the sporting world over the next two? Tom Brady is going to cry. He's going to cry? <laughs> yeah. I think when he returns to Foxborough and he gets everything that's going to happen to him in Foxborough and the Patriots fans and the – all this, that, and the other, and the, I mean, I know he's come out and said that he's gonna kick the butts of the the um, Patriots and all that. But I think that what the Patriots and Foxborough and Mr. Kraft have in store as a thank you going to make him cry. I look forward to it in a very positive way. Um, I've been looking forward to this Sunday game for a long time since I saw that that came out, the schedule came out, and I think that um, you're gonna see some tears from Mr. Brady. Okay. I mean, I, you know what, now that you've explained it, <laughs> I could see that. Cause I, I do think that that, that city, that fan base, they still love him. Cause I don't think that he left because he didn't love playing for the Patriots. I just think he left because he didn't like playing for Bill Belichick. <laughs> so, you know, and whether those guys liked each other over their 20 some years together, they won a lot. so there's got to be a little bit of mutual respect between both of them you know at some point and and I think that this you know we highlighted this as one of our, our as our game of the week on two minute drill the other day and mainly because of, of this interaction that we're going to get to we're going to get to see him play against his heir apparent we're going to get to see him play against his old head coach his old franchise like this coming home moment is going to be it's going to be really fun and I, I hope they do, you know, welcome him with open arms and, and praise him at the beginning and then boo him throughout as he whoops their behinds. <laughs> so, and maybe even towards the end, he kind of gets the crowd in on cheering him on to score some touchdowns. Who knows? So, but that'll be. <laughs> my, my prediction is that I know we kind of already talked about Cincinnati, but I think that they're going to come out hot and then that's going to be my prediction i think in that first half they take a three touchdown lead going into halftime whether that's 21 to nothing or 24 to 7 or whatever it may be i think they're going to try to punch them in the face early and knock them down but i do think that notre dame comes back and makes it really close and then like a field goal late touchdown or something like but i think that's that's my prediction i think they're going to start fast um, I know it's not like a making Tom Brady cry kind of. No, and I was listening to ESPN actually last night, and 
and just the, the talking about football and how just the consensus this year with college and NFL football's fun this year. Yeah, there, there are some great games that we have seen. They have been some great games to watch. Mm-hmm. That every night you can put on something that you're going to be like, oh, I didn't expect this from this game, and wow, this is this is really amazing. And like, I'm I'm looking forward to watching it. You know, we had the San Francisco Green Bay game, we had the Dallas mm-hmm. game. You know, a couple weeks ago, like we we had the Baltimore Kansas City game. Just great games. Football is fun as heck right now, and I'm enjoying the heck out of watching this. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I was trying to like figure out why, like why over the past, I don't, I don't know how many years, but maybe like four, three or four years, it just has, it just has seemed like it's been super predictable. You know what I mean? Almost kind of like the NBA has been, um, but it's just been like, you're like, all right, well, they're going to win. They're going to win. This isn't going to be a fun game. You know, we just haven't had as many like, you know, fun experiences, like you're saying, where you could turn you could turn on the TV Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and, and you're going to get a fun, entertaining game. Um, you know, maybe not tonight with Jacksonville, Cincinnati, but <laughs> most, most other nights. Um, but I, I just don't know if maybe the, the talent is just more spread out than it has ever been, or, or maybe there's just more really good players than there ever has been. I, I, I don't know, but that, that is definitely something interesting to watch out for going forward. But to finish it off, what is uh, one crazy thing that you saw, heard about, or happened to you over the past two weeks? Did you know that the world record for rounding the bases, so home plate, first base, second base, third base, and back to home, was set recently, and it took this individual 21.06 seconds to do it? To go, to go all the way around. All the way around. So a Jack Russell terrier named Macho, <laughs> <laughs> sent the world record as he ran the bases in Dodger Stadium in 21.06 seconds happened the other day. That's crazy. What's the fastest a human has ever done? I just thought this was really cool that Macho <laughs> ran those bases in 21 seconds. That's, so that's he had some jitters cool. when he was doing it. You could train dogs to do things. That's wild. So he beat the world record set which was 24 seconds set by a dog named guinness so this is the fastest in a major league stadium that a jack russell terrier has ran the bases so what you're saying is we need more dogs in baseball air bud did it i mean come on we we can (laughs) (laughs) if you could just hit one to like the corner and then you you let the dog pinch run for it i wouldn't even say maybe a dog at shortstop you know you know, snag some 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 oh grounders. Gosh. I bet you that Jack Russell Terrier could snag one like deep behind second base and then run to first base before some of these guys could get first base. Yeah, yeah, it's plausible. Let's let's see it. Put a put Big Poppy out there hitting some balls. <laughs> Jack Russell Terrier will be in the first base. Dang, that's pretty cool though. Well, my crazy thing is not uh, it's not a dog beating the world record. Mine's gonna be. More of a rant to an exciting thing. I already kind of told you, but I'm going to give the story to, to all these people. And I'll, uh, I'll leave the name out of it, of the place that I, I bought this uh, TV from so that I don't, uh, we don't get like sued or something like that or whatever. So <laughs> I, uh, I bought a TV back in June um, and I just got it. So there you go. Story over. No, I'm just kidding. So every month, pretty much, I think June was, was twice in that. Month. I was told that I was going to get it. 
And then I, I never got it. It never came. I sat here all day and waited and it didn't come. So then I called and they said, oh, it's out of stock. It'll be in stock this day. And I said, okay. And then I waited and it didn't come. And then I did it again and then again and then again. And then finally, I was like, I've had enough of it. So I went to the store and they said that you were going to wait until the end of that TV longer available. I was sold TV. that. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, that's fun. So, you know, they did the right thing. They gave me, you know, this year newest model. I said, okay, thank you. I was really nice about it. And they were like, we're going to deliver it next Thursday. Well, that is today, the day we're recording this episode. And I sat around and I waited and I waited and I waited and no TV. And I was like, hmm, I might declare war on, on said business. I thought about going and getting a flag made for the country I was going to think of, declare war. But I was like, that's probably too. So I went in there and apparently when they were deleting the old order didn't exist, the new order of my new TV. So I didn't get it. But luckily I said, screw it. We're going to fit it in my car. And if all you know, I don't have the biggest car. <laughs> so I was driving up against the steering wheel, but I do have my new TV after like four months. Like I said, not as exciting as a dog running around bases, but it is exciting for me because I paid for a TV that didn't exist anymore. And now I have a TV so I can play my video games. That was my, my crazy thing that happened over the past couple months. Not just the past couple weeks, but the past couple months. <laughs> Probably a lot of you can relate a little bit, but that is what it is. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for all the support. You know, I know we started our new show, Two Minute Drill. I think our fourth episode came out this past week. And the amount of support on that show, along with all the other shows that we've been doing, has been amazing. If there are other things that you guys want us to talk about or other kinds of shows that you might want us to do just let us know also if you're uh if you're interested in talking to us about sports or interested in hopping on one of these shows and in debating with us and arguing with us or agreeing with us yo let us know comment on one of our posts email us we're uh, deep dive sports at yahoo.com let us know be like hey i'm interested in hopping on you know whatever particular show that that interests you the most um, we're always looking for different kinds of voices and opinions and, you know, just to keep growing and, and giving content that, that you all want to listen to. So definitely let us know. But again, thank you so much. Thank you to Greg. Um, I love the story about the dog. That was so much fun. <laughs> we'll keep chugging along with this show. Next we got coming out is On Deck, which will come out on Monday. And then go ahead and look out over the next couple of weeks because our next video will be coming out hopefully then soon. If you haven't listened or watched to either of the other ones, go ahead and do that. They are super fun and a lot of work goes into putting those together. So give us feedback on how we can get better on doing those for you. But as always, this was Ohioverse. We are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, Feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sport on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for any update. And please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next. As always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.